0: Science Podcast. I'm here with uh, Dr. Marie Short, MBE. Hello. And we're going to talk about her journey through science. So tell me, in your last job in science, um, tell me what that job was and, and what it involved.
1: I worked in regulatory affairs, which not everybody has heard of, although the um, the recent pandemic has... Um, Made much more people aware of new things being approved in a timely manner, and that's what regulatory affairs is all about. It is making sure that drugs and vaccines or anything that's going to be used as a medical treatment is scrutinised and is supported by a scientific development programme that meets all of the requirements of the countries that you are wanting to market it in
0: and not many people know about regulatory affairs they hear about science and research so how did you get into finding out about regulatory affairs as a career option in science
1: it was an accident (laughs) i was looking for work in scotland and couldn't find any and Mr Short found a job in the New Scientist and suggested it that I might like it. It was in London at the MHRA. I'd never heard of it. (laughs) So I yeah, I applied for it and was a bit shocked when I got the interview. But that was What is the MHRA? The MHRA is the Medicine and Health Products Regulatory Agency. And it wasn't called that when I worked there, it was called the Medicines Controls Agency, but that was twenty years ago. And so what, what do they do? Give me an example
0: of what, what the MCN or the MHRA could do.
1: So last year they approved the COVID vaccine. So they are provided with um, a suite of scientific data that will be preclinical. and Preclinical uh,
0: means before it goes into patients?
1: Yes, so... Essentially, works in animals or in vitro. It can be and either in vitro, be in cells, in a yes, dish. in a dish. That's right. But also, the a huge part of the the data that has to be provided is to do with the manufacturing, the um, the chemistry and manufacturing side of things. That's, um, so it's not just yeah. It's abs- It's all parts of the scientific dossier that they're looking at. So they would be provided with the. A scientific package to support uh, the suitability of the product that uh, is intended for human use.
0: So uh, to get a drug to be taken by people, to, by humans, it has to go through um, a number of hurdles before it's deemed safe to be marketed and sold and taken by people.
1: That's right, yep. yep.
0: Okay so uh, Going back a bit, before you got to the, the MHRA and before you got to um, working in Regulatory Affairs in Scotland, um, tell me about how, which, which school did you go to and what did you enjoy about school?
1: I went to Glenwood High School. Uh, in Glenrothes. and what did I enjoy I absolutely loved biology it was my <laughs> favorite subject my biology teacher was um called Dr Zool. he was the first person that I ever knew of as a doctor he had to, I didn't even know what a phd was until I met him and he was yeah, he was fabulous i remember all my lessons with him he was really inspiring so i loved biology Um, Everything else, I I enjoyed physics and chemistry uh, and maths and I suffered English, didn't like it at all. Uh, But yeah, I loved all the sciences and particularly biology, I think, because my teacher was so great.
0: (laughs) And towards school, uh, what did you go off to do? So you went to university,
1: what did you do at university? I went to Edinburgh University to study biological sciences and I'd applied to do pharmacology Although I had wanted to be a vet, but I didn't do nearly as well enough in my hires. Um, so I got into pharmacology, but I changed um, a little bit through and ended up doing physiology honours.
0: And were you? was it normal for people in your family to go to university?
1: No, no, I was the first one. Nobody had gone before me.
0: Okay. And what made you think that you could go to university? Because as nobody else has been to university... You've not got an academic family what made you think that that would be a good choice for you
1: I wanted to be a vet so I'd always um, I lived quite near Edinburgh I was only half an hour away from Edinburgh and I had wanted to go to Edinburgh to study to be a vet so it had kind of been in the background uh, I had to change plans obviously to, to go to do something else but yeah I really um, was aiming to be a vet so university had been on the cards for that reason
0: okay. So you do physiology and then you get to the end of your four years and you've got your physiology degree and what was in front of you at that point?
1: Um, very little in the way of science jobs there wasn't really much um, available unless you did a PhD and it was reasonably easy to apply for funding then to get a PhD so that's why I went and to do, I didn't really know what it was or what it entailed, it was just the next step and it kind of just unfolded for me as it went along. It wasn't something that I thought, oh I want to get a PhD, it was just that there was money there to do it, it was a subject that looked quite interesting, so yeah, that's yes. why I did it.
0: So you got money paid to do research
1: yeah, at that point?
0: Yeah, I did. And how long did that take you?
1: Three years it took.
0: Three years. And, and I did it at the Dick Vet in Edinburgh. And did you enjoy that time? Did you enjoy your time in science?
1: I did. I loved it. Yeah, I did.
0: I loved it. And would you recommend that people go through and do science uh, as a degree or as a PhD? Yeah, definitely.
1: I think it's, um, yeah, it's really uh, fabulous, interesting, really exciting stuff. The anything for me that was to do with the forefront of medicines, I guess when I was doing my PhD, I was looking, I was sponsored by a pharma company and I was looking at specific targets for them. So even then I was on the edge of new medicinal developments.
0: So if we look back, you've decided to go to university because you enjoy biology. Um, you've, you've fallen into a PhD as something that was available and an opportunity. And that's led you to uh, the MHRA in London. How much would you say luck has played a part in your career?
1: For the regulatory affairs, entirely. Yeah. Totally, yeah, totally.
0: Yes, that's an unheard of pathway, yeah. really. It's yeah. probably maybe more heard of now. But
1: And I was really lucky that I liked it. Yeah. I absolutely loved being involved with so many different medicines.
0: And let's go back to your, your job and, uh, uh, as a regulatory affairs specialist so you're not in the lab you're not in a laboratory environment you're not dealing with chemicals and
1: um, so what are you actually doing you are looking at um, it felt to me every time I looked at anybody's um, drug development I was looking at somebody else's PhD thesis because it was huge you were having to get your head around something that you knew nothing about Um, Very quickly, quite often as well, you're having to familiarise yourself with a lot of data and be able to summarise it and write about it in a very positive uh, way for the regulatory authorities to accept it.
0: So a very heavy numeracy and literacy skill set to actually read that and condense it and present it. Yeah, that's right. And we're not talking about laboratory science at this case. And did you, I mean, was there a lot of travel involved in this?
1: Yeah, there was. I used to, um, I didn't work for a pharmaceutical company. I worked for um, a company whose clients were pharma companies, so I actually could have ended up anywhere, wherever my clients were. They mostly were in Europe and in the US. Um, I did have some Japanese clients, but unfortunately I didn't get to come visit them, which was a real shame. They came to me instead. Um, But yeah, I went where the clients were.
0: Very good. Thank you very much.
1: You're welcome. (laughs)